I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. While I draw this fleeting breath, when my eyes shall close in death, when I rise to worlds unknown, and behold thee on thy throne, rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in Amen. Once again, we're thankful for the good song service. Thank God for His blessings already upon our day. I would like to start off today by inviting you to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is one of those books that I pray will come to be a good part of your life. Because in it, just like was discussed even this morning, there are certain obligations that the saved individual is supposed to take care of. There is, I'm sad to report, there is a lack of fear today in society of the great God of heaven. I'm sad to say it's not just among the lost, but it is among those that claim to be saved by God's grace. There is a lack of fear. There's a lack of respect, reverential respect for the great God of heaven. When you look at what He's done for us, you look at what He's done for you and your family, How can we but honor Him by worship? Today, again, as I said, we're going to veer from our normal Sunday morning sermon because I feel that the covenant study that we have been embarking upon is so important and is so dire to today's society and today's church And I want to bring it out in a time when most people will be benefited by it. You're never going to be benefited by the Word of God unless you hear it. You're never going to be benefited by the worship of God unless you participate in it. That's the reason why today I thank God for the the lesson that Brother Jim brought on the fear of God because... I'm afraid that, as it says in the book of Romans and Paul speaking to and about the lost world, there's no fear of God before their eyes. That's the reason why today that society's in the shape it's in. There's no fear of God. And you wonder from time to time how that got started. Because there was a time, and even not so distant a future or, or past, There was a time when humanity feared and reverenced the great God of heaven. I mean, more than they do now, anyhow. I'm not saying that all humanity realized the God of heaven and revered Him. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying there definitely was a time when 
there was a greater respect for the holy God of heaven. And as I said, and it is a sad state of affairs in today's church when you can't even get the people of God so-called. And, and this is where we have to differentiate between the saved and the unsaved. There are those that claim to be saved by the grace of God who are not saved by the grace of God, my friend. There are those that, that, are not, not, that, that always seem to have uh, this issue of sin in their life because the great sin emancipator has not taken hold of their life. But I sat and I pondered this and, and, and I, really, I really have struggled with this this week because one of the greatest studies to help a church is a study on the church covenant and I was seeing that there was not a great deal of the younger generation who's going to take my place one day who is interested enough to be in the house of God to uphold what they have promised to do. And it is sad. Now, I, I, I will say this. This church is a blessed church. I will say that unequivocally. This church is a blessed church. She is a church that is, that is outside today's norm. There is, a, there is a faithfulness in the congregation of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church. But what I'm concerned with so much today are those who do not see the need. Our future, the future of this congregation is resting upon the shoulders of the younger generation. Will it be here 20 years from now? Will there be a faithful congregation at the Emmanuel Mystery Baptist Church in 20 years? God tearing His coming, will there be a faithful man of God standing behind this pulpit? Will there be people filling the pews? This is a, I mean, this is a very serious note because what we see all around us already is a generation of churches that are without. I'm talking about a generation of churches who, who at one time had a, had, a, had a great number that filled the house of God and they sang the worship and praises of the Almighty and they sat under the teaching of God's Word and today you look around, there isn't, there isn't even a handful of people there. It is sad. That's the reason why I thank God for the faithful people here at Emmanuel. And I want you to know today that that I, I thank God for your prayers and I thank God for your, for your wisdom. But let me say this. It may not be very far down the road that these pews are empty. You know, I, again, I thank God that on Sunday night, Wednesday night, we, we, have, we have decent crowds. It's, it's not like it used to be, but there are decent crowds here, but what I'm concerned with so much today is 
the forgetting of the church covenant, that which we have promised and vowed a vow to each other, to God, and to the angels. The Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 23 and verse 21, When thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee, and it would be sin in thee. In the book of Philippians in chapter 1, again, we, uh, as we open up this study again on Sunday mornings, and I thank God that we, we're able to do that because I believe that this is going to be the most beneficial to the most of the church family. Because here and now is the time you're going to learn what this is all about. You're not going to learn that unless you're in the house of God to hear it. So this is the important thing. Right now, I want you to understand the importance, the importance of your sincerity in worship. The Bible says in the book of Philippians in chapter 1 and verse 27, now, I want you to get a hold of this. We are talking about the saved, the redeemed of the, of the earth. We are talking about those who have been born again, those that are, that are saved by the grace of God who are members of this congregation. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, your lifestyle. Only let it be. Listen, when we're talking about our conversation here, it's talking about us as an individual, our lifestyle, our being, what we are, what we claim to be. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. And whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit. With one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. I want to bring a message today entitled Striving for the Advancement of This Church. And I want to emphasize the word this because this is the congregation that you have covenanted together to support, to sustain, and to worship in all the days of thy life. This church ought to mean something to you. This church ought to mean something special to you as an individual. This covenant here reads in the verse says, having been led as we believe by the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and on the profession of our faith having been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we do now in the presence of God, the angels, and this assembly most solemnly and joyfully enter into covenant with one another as one body in Christ. Last Sunday night, we read, we engage therefore by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk together in Christian love. Today, we're going to finish this paragraph to strive for the advancement of this church in knowledge and in holiness and comfort 
to promote its prosperity and spirituality, to sustain its worship. That means to participate, take part in. Think about that. You have vowed that you're going to participate in the worship hour of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church. You want to know when that is? It's not just Sunday morning. It's every time that the doors are open for worship in this house, we have come to worship in spirit and truth. And the Bible says this. Our, our, our church covenant, it comes from the Bible. But it says again, to promote its prosperity and spiritualities, to sustain its worship, its ordinances, its discipline and doctrines, to contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry, the expenses of the church, the relief of the poor, and spread the gospel through all nations. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, today as we bow in your presence, we do thank you for this awesome reading. Deuteronomy 23, it reminds us of the vow that we have taken. And Philippians in chapter 1 reminds us how we are to be part of this worship hour, to be part of this church, this body, to see to it that it grows, to see to it that, it, that it's, that it's a, a part of our daily lives. Lord, I pray that you'll cause us to see the importance of faithfulness in the house of God. Help us, dear God, today to see the importance of loyalty to the house of God. This, this house, this place where you have placed us. Lord, I pray that you will open our eyes to where we are coming up short. Help us today, dear God, to not be lacking in any department. Help us to be faithful in all things. Lord, bless today. May thy name be lifted up and may thy name be praised. Forgive us our sin in Jesus Christ's name. And amen. Today, I want to, again, I want to express the way that I feel I want to express today what I feel because I'm concerned with the future of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church. This is my main concern. It's not other churches. It's not other congregations. It's the well-being of this church is what concerns me more than anything because I'm the pastor of this church and I am a brother and a fellow saint of God, a fellow laborer in the work of the Lord because I feel like I have been led here by the Spirit of God. You see, that makes this a special place. And it ought to be a special place to you to, to think about uh, where your loyalty lies, where your faithfulness ought to be. Again, there's so many in our churches today who do not have the reverential fear of God in their eyes like they ought to have. Or else, or else, there would be no need. Think about it. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends and our radio audience, today's sermon will be, by the grace of God, a message for the church member in particular, especially for the membership of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church. As a rule, we... 
We have been doing a study on the church covenant on Sunday nights, but I fear not enough for taking advantage of this great study. So I elected to teach this on Sunday mornings when more of our membership is present. It is important to understand what God's word requires of the redeemed of the Lord and what is expected of each and every church member that makes up this body. Our message today deals with the second paragraph again. We have already covered the first line to walk together in Christian love. Today we will cover to strive for the advancement not of the church but this church. You see, that's what's in our covenant, isn't it? It's not just all the churches, but it's this church is one we ought to be concerned with. So first of all today, I ask this question as I said in my study this week and, and as, I was, as I was praying over what to bring and how to bring it. Are you advancing this church? Do people watch you enter into the gates of this house with joy in your hearts? Something to think about, isn't it? How do you come into the house of God? Do you come into the house of God where, where, where others outside can see you and come in into the house of God with joy on your hearts and on your lips? Psalms chapter 122, I believe it is, in verse 1. Turn there with me if you will. I want you to look at this Psalm 122. And notice what it says here in verse 1. The Bible says, I was glad. Listen to me. Are you in this condition today? Are you in a place where you look at it as a, as a good thing to be in the house of God? An opportunity to come in and to worship in spirit and truth. Do you see it as an opportunity to find joy in your heart. You know, that's one of the greatest, one of the greatest things that I look forward to through the week is being in the house of God with God's people. And not just that, but having the knowledge that the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, he says, I'm going to be in the midst. So that is a joyful thing to realize that God is in this place in spirit. He says, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. You know, outside in the world, people ought to look at you and, don't, and not see a drudgery every Sunday morning, a, 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 like the weekend warrior thing, you know, you got to go do it. No, it's that we get to go. Amen. Amen. We get to go to the house of God. There were people right here during the dark ages that had not that opportunity. They were people here in the dark ages of our forefathers who didn't have the opportunity to meet as we were and as we are. And they were meeting in caves and wherever they could get together. Just to, And a lot of them, they didn't have this old book. You know what they had? They might have had one page out of this book. Because everybody, they were trying to destroy the book. They were trying to do everything in their power to get around the Word of God. And what they'd done, they began to take the Word of God and they would tear it in two. And they would give each congregation a piece of the Word of God just so they could hear the Word of God being taught. Just so they knew that the voice of God was coming to their ears. And if they were ever caught, 
if they were ever caught doing this thing, worshiping, if they were ever caught gathering together as a church family to worship in spirit and truth, they would be, they would be, they would be torn asunder. Many of the roads of, uh, of bloody Rome and England were, were littered with the heads of our forefathers. And at night they would pour tar upon them and they would light them just so they could see the way down the road. Folks, I want you to know something. Coming to the house of God today in 2022 is, is awful easy, isn't it? It's awful easy. Matter of fact, it's almost too easy. Listen, I want you to know it's a, it's a wonderful thing to be able to come into the house of God without fear of the government so far. I'm not so sure that's going to be very long lasting, folks. You look at our past, you look at the 200 some odd years that we have been a, that we have been a, a, a country, and you know what, that's not very long. Just like that, a stamp of a finger. Rogue politicians could come in and they could start making laws and, and they could start making decrees that would harm this body. Folks, I'll tell you what, you're in a special place today. The devil doesn't like it here. The devil doesn't like it. Listen, because you are a people who are known in the dark regions. I still believe that. That message I preached here some years ago, a people known in the dark regions. Listen, known in the dark regions for a reason. But listen, that could all go away here very, very shortly. If the younger generation doesn't take up the torch... If the younger generation doesn't take up the, take up the leading of, of the house of God, listen, these doors could be shut one day. Wouldn't it be an awful thing in 25 years to come through here and see a bar across the doors and, and padlocks on it? Listen, folks, I want you to know that's how important it is that people see you come to the house of God with joy in your heart and joy in your mind. Do you with joy come to the house of God or is it a merely a duty to you? Is it merely a duty to come and worship? It ought not to be looked upon as a duty, although it is our, our duty, but it ought to be firsthand. I, I mean, it's just something, it's something you look forward to. Do people look at you and say, I want to go wherever they're going because wherever they're going, they're excited for. You see what I'm saying? That's, that's what church is about. That's what it means to be a member of one of God's true churches and to be happy in it, to, to go forth and, and, and with joy in your heart, worship the Lord. In Isaiah in chapter 2 and verse 3 Let's go over there for just a real quick second. I want you to look at this, Isaiah 2 and 3. The Bible says this now, and, and get a hold of this, and many people shall go up and say, Come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. And he will teach us His ways, and we will walk in His paths. Friend, I want you to know something. It is a, it is a very serious thing that you need to get a hold of. 
If you're going to ever walk in, the, in His ways and you're going to walk in His paths, you've got to learn of Him. The Bible, the Bible says that this Word of God is no, of no private interpretation and I believe today that you have a man of God and you got teachers for a reason to lead you and to teach you in the ways of righteousness. You can't, it's not something that can be just done by, by yourself. Sure, you can learn the things of God. But that's the reason why He gives you a pastor. That's the reason why He gives you a teacher. That's the reason why today that the house of God is open to, to worship. Many people shall go and say, Come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and He will teach us His ways, and we will walk in His paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Zechariah, over against, almost next to the New Testament there, I want you to look at this for just a moment, in Zechariah chapter 8. Think about this now. In verse 21, the Bible says this, And the inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us go speedily to pray before the Lord. And to seek the Lord of hosts and I will go also. Are you, are you happy in going to the house of God? Do you rejoice in coming to the Lord's house today? Do you rejoice with being with God's people? Secondly, I want to ask you this. Are you advancing this church in knowledge and in holiness and in comfort? Are you listening to the man of God even now? That's the question that, uh, that uh, you know, any pastor can tell you. Not everybody that sits in the pew is hearing what you're saying. And those that are hearing it, sometimes when they get out the door, they don't remember. Folks, I want you to know something. When it comes to the Word of God, the reason why that God has arranged the, the house of God to be as it is so that you can learn more of Him so that you can learn more of Him to strive for the advancement of this church in knowledge and in holiness and in comfort. Are you listening to the man of God? Do you listen, did you listen to the, the teacher this morning, Brother Jim, as he brought forth an excellent, an excellent lesson on the fear of God? Sad to say again, I don't know how many really get a hold of the Word of God when we're talking about the fear of God because actually, actually when you're standing up here, you can see where the fear of God is in the eyes of the people. And I'm not saying that trying to be a judge or nothing, but I'm just saying if you're not hearing the Word of God, you're not getting the Word of God. You see how the devil distracts people. He, he gets a hold of their minds and he causes them to, to either be looking away or, or to be playing or, or to be doing something else. Listen, the devil's got his ways of getting your attention off the word. He don't want you to know all this because he knows the power of a faithful church. He knows the power of a faithful people who are known in the dark regions. He knows who they are. Jesus I know. Paul I know, but who are you? It means something to be known in the dark regions. How does that come about? 
through the way that we live? Are you living in a in a an example of and knowledge and holiness? Are you listening? The only way to grow properly is to sit under the sound teaching and to take full advantage of God's word to teach you the ways of God and the ways that he wants you to go. Romans in chapter 12, if you'll look at that with me, I want you to think about this now. Romans 12, 1 and 2. When we're dealing with, when we're dealing with the knowledge of God and knowing what God's will is, you know, every, it just seems like every time I turn around, I don't know what God's will is for me. Listen, get in the Word of God. He says, I'll teach you what my will is for you. You know what He does? His Holy Spirit begins to lead you. When you begin to sit under the teaching of the Word of God, listen, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you in the ways of righteousness. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God, which is your what? Your reasonable service. Why is it only reasonable? Look at what he's done for you. He saved your life. He has placed you in in one of the greatest churches, I believe, in this part of the country. And there's no doubt in my mind, folks, and I, and I, may, be, I may be prejudiced, whatever you can say what you will, but I believe this is the greatest church around here. I love this church. And I thank God that He's allowed me the privilege to pastor in this body. I thank God that He's allowed me the privilege to be called a a member of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church. Folks, it ought to mean something to you. It ought to mean something to you to be a child of the King and a member of one of His true churches. He says again, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. How does that renewing of your mind come about? You've got to change the way you think. Listen. If you're always derogatory, if you're always speaking down, listen, you've got to change the way you're thinking. Change the way that you're thinking, folks. You're, you're getting to come to the house of God. You, come, you get to come to one of the greatest churches, I believe, on God's earth. You say, well, we're awful small. Listen, little is much when God is in it, amen? And it is a sad thing. You look at a church the size of Emmanuel, there's probably 60, 65 people here today. And not everybody's here. We have a few that are traveling. We have some that are sick and unable to be here. But isn't it a sad thing when that's a large church in today's society? It is. You know why? You know why that's, it's, this is called a large church anymore? Because there's no fear of God in a lot of people's eyes. There's no fear of God. And sadder even yet, there's no fear of God before the Christian's eye. Folks, 
Amen it or not, it's true. I've been there. I've been that worldly Christian who was out and, and doing things he shouldn't have been doing. I, I've been in that place. You know what it brought me? Suffering and sorrow. Sadness to a point of, of my mind just absolutely, absolutely just being destroyed. But I come to a place where I had to change the way I was thinking. That's what the renewing of the mind is all about, having a different attitude in your thinking process. When you have that right, everything else will be right. Everything begins to fall in place. You begin to have a desire to be in the house of God. You just can't wait to learn more about Jesus. Amen? That's the way it is every time I sit down and I open up one of my old books. This is my old book. This is, this is the book I love. And every day as I sit down before it, I learn more. And that's the way God wants you to be. But you cannot be that way unless you're sustaining and advancing this church. Are you ready to advance the church? Think about it. Do you advance this church in a holy lifestyle? Think about it now. Ask yourself that question. Only you can be the judge of that. I was telling somebody the other day, listen, I, I, don't get me involved in that. I said, I'm not, uh, not going to judge any man. Every man's going to judge himself and God's going to judge him one day. Every man and woman's going to give an account one day. Let me ask you something. How's that going to fare you? See, every Christian, every born again child of God, listen, is going to stand at the beam of seat of Christ and the works that we have performed, they're either going to be destroyed by fire or they're going to come out with worth something to lay at His feet. How do we lose rewards? By not having a proper reverential fear of God. When does that happen? When you forget God. That's what happened to the people of, of Israel. They forgot God. They forgot who they were supposed to be worshiping and, and they began to go after strange gods. And then they began to fall into ruin. They began to fall into ruin. Do you advance this church? In your Christian lifestyle. In 2 Corinthians in chapter 7. Notice what it says here in verse 1. Now, I'm not going to read all the references to the holy lifestyle and the holy living. But I want to read this and I want you to think about it. Having therefore these promises dearly beloved. What promises? The prior writings here that he was talking about. Our home in heaven. Our forgiveness of sins. and Our salvation. Having all these promises. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Think about that. You see sometimes. Even when we are at our best. Our spirit is not where it needs to be. 
Like, for instance, right now. What's going through your minds right now? Listen, when it comes to the sincerity and the responsibility of the membership of this church, what's going through your mind? Is it like, uh, I wish... I wish he would just shut up and quit and get off of this off of this thing about what we're supposed to be doing. Listen, that's what your pastor's for. Your pastor is to lead you according to the Word of God in a path that's going to keep you from getting yourself destroyed. Think about it. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. When people look at you, are you promoting a holy lifestyle? Or do you look just like the rest of the world? Something to consider, isn't it? Now I want you to think about this. Are you... Are you advancing this church in comfort? And, and, and this here was a, this here is one of those tricky areas that, that you have to, I'm not talking about the padded pews, the, the air condition, the, the central air and all that. I'm not talking about that in comfort. Is this a place, is this a place where your friends, your family can rejoice in coming? Is this a place where you would like to bring your your parents, your, your sons, your daughters, your, your kin, your friends. Are people received here? Are they able to come in and feel a people who are open arm receiving? I dare say what I saw this morning, that's exactly what this church is. And I thank God for this membership. Who, was, who is a receiving people who openly rejoice, rejoice when those come in. You know, what Jonathan told uh, David in 1 Samuel 20, is it? You know, when... uh, when you're not in this house, when you're not in these pews, I can walk up and down these aisles and say, I miss so-and-so today. I miss the breed loves. I miss Brother Jamie and his family. You know why? They're not here today. And I, their, their pews are empty. They're traveling today. I understand that. And, and I know all about that. But listen, they're still missed today. I miss my daughter my son-in-law, my, my grandson. I miss them today. I look around and this morning, I'll tell you what, I was missing people. I was sitting here getting ready to preach and my heart was broken. I was missing people. And it was sure good to get up here in the pulpit and I look back and I see people who had come in. I rejoice. And that's the way it ought to be for all of us. We rejoice to see people come into the house of God. Be faithful. Listen. Do you promote the prosperity and spirituality? Do you as a member do all you can 
Are you being a helpful member of this body? Now, I want you to stop there for just a minute. This is my last point, and I want you to listen to this now. Of course, this last point, it's got a few little lines in it that I'm going to have to get through in the next 15 minutes if I want it all on radio. But I want you to think about this now. You as an individual, are you promoting the spirituality of this body? You say, well, what does that mean exactly? It means in your faithfulness, are you, are, you, are you promoting this church? You see, that's what it means to advance this church. That's what you vow to do with, at all costs. You're going to do everything in your power to advance the Emmanuel Mystery Baptist Church because that's where you're a member at. That means your loyalty is here. Now listen, there's other great churches all around us. We've got great sister churches. We've got great uh, fellowship churches. We've got churches that, that, you know, I just came from Talcott, West Virginia, where there was a great body of people. They just lost their pastor of 57 years. 57 years he pastored there. I can't imagine what they're going through this morning without that pastor. But listen, you need to pray for the Rawlingsburg Baptist Church. You know why? Because they're a faithful group of people that need a man of God now. Man, there's not a one of them there. There's not a one of them there who was there when he started. They're all newer people. You see what I'm saying? That's a reason why a church is so important. That's a reason why your loyalty is so imperative. Listen, this is the church you're a member of. This is the place that you're to come and be faithful in. You're not faithful. And, and let me say this. You're, not to be, you're to be faithful to this body. You're to be loyal to the body that you're a member of. You're to be loyal to your deacons your teachers, your pastor. You're to be loyal to them. You say, well, that sounds kind of iffy to me. It sounds like, a, what's it called, a cult? No, it's not cultic. It's, it's what the Bible teaches. That's what the Bible's teaching us, to be faithful, to be loyal. The book of Hebrews, please. Do you sustain the worship service of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without, without wavering. For He is faithful that promised. Let us consider one another to provoke and to love and to good works. You see, a, a church, I want to stop for just a moment and I want to say this, listen to me. There's a lot of things that we need to get back to. We need somebody to stand up and take charge uh, and, and let's start having some more youth meetings again. Let's stand up and, and start getting together and, and having special times again. You ladies, uh, 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 you used to have uh, 
ladies' meetings, I think you're wanting to get that started back up. Praise God. Listen, you know what that does? That binds the family together. It binds us together. There's some people, maybe that's even in this house right now, that God is, God is either moving upon or is going to be moved upon here shortly. Maybe God is calling you today to something, to, to a greater work, to a greater service. You know why? Because this body is that important. And I'm going to talk to you younger generation. You 30-year-olds. You're going to be the next generation that takes our place. Listen, you've got to, you've got to understand the seriousness of being faithful, of being taught, of being able to teach and to lead. You've got these little children here. I've got little grandchildren here. You all have little children that are here all over this house. Listen, I want you to know it's important and imperative that you get it right. It's important and imperative, Dalton, that you get it right because the seriousness of the, of the hour is this. One day, I don't know who it is, but one day there's going to be another man standing here preaching. I don't even know when it's going to be. I found out the other day that can happen anytime. That can happen so unexpectedly. So unexpectedly. What are you going to do? Are you ready? You can't be ready unless you're taught. You can't be ready unless you're guided by the hand. It's not something you can get on the internet and just learn how to do real quick. You know, I can get on YouTube and just about do anything. That is my mechanical helper. Because I'm not in mechanically inclined. I can tear up anything, but it's hard to fix a lot of stuff. But you can't get on there and learn how to be a pastor. You can't get on there and learn how to, how to be a teacher, how to, how, to be, how to do the things in the church that need to be done. You know how you get that? Through experience right here in the house of God. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, I believe it was, listen, the Bible says that the church... They were together steadfastly. They were always together. They were faithful. They fulfilled the striving for the advancement of this church. Do you strive for the advancement of this church in your giving? You say, oh boy, I knew he was going to get to that sooner or later. Oh shoot, this ain't even the good part yet. There's another line on down there that talks about tithing real good. But listen, are you faithful in your giving? How can we, how can we send all that money to the flood relief had it not been for people who were given? How could we have sent all that money to the, to the tornado victims last winter without you a giving? How can we... How can we get this across to the billions of people who are possible? Millions and millions of people across this world. The possibilities of sermon audio goes all over this world. How can that happen without giving people? You see what I mean? Let me ask you something. Are you faithful in your giving? 
We can't support missionaries without it. We can't pay the light bill without it. We can't pay the electric bill without it. We can't pay the water bill without it. We can't. We can't sit in this house without the giving of the people. Ask our treasure. I mean, he can tell you. When, that, when, they, when they're reading that report, sometimes I go, oh my goodness, how in the world is that going to come out? You know how it comes out? God putting it in your hearts to give. That's how it comes out. You look at it and, and you see so much was taken in, you think, but how much more was put out? Boy, it makes you, it makes, sometimes it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Well, God's able. Listen, be a giver. Be a, be a giver. You say, well, tithing ain't in the New Testament. Well, let me just say this. It hasn't hurt us yet. Amen. I mean, look at me. I'm, I'm not skin and bones. I've, I've not missed not one meal. And I want you to know today that every last one of you who give are a blessing to who knows but one day you might know. Somebody may come to you and say, hey, I want to thank you for sending that preacher my way down in Cincinnati. Had it not been for that preacher giving me the gospel, and that happened because you gave him the money. Do you contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of this ministry, expenses of the church, a relief of the poor, the spread of the gospel through all nations? I pray that you do. Listen, I think I have about four or five minutes left. Malachi chapter 3, it does tell us there at the end of the Old Testament to bring you everything into the storehouse. Now my coffers may be full. What is God doing to us today? He's teaching us to be faithful with what He's given us. If you're not faithful with what God has given you, you may not have it very long. God's got a way of cutting them holes in them money bags. As you're walking along life, you're draining all the time, aren't you? Just do what's right. Support the church. The only way for you to prosper in the physical life and in the spiritual life is to follow all of God's Word. Be faithful to this church. And I emphasize that. I, I, I mean, I've said that once already. But that word T-H-I-S means this body. The body that you're a part of and a member of. That's where your loyalty is supposed to be. You want to work? You come and ask me and I'll tell you. I'll show you all kinds of work that needs to be done. Spiritually, physically. I'll show you the people that need to be touched mentally. With just a visit, just a hello. You want to work? You come. And I'll show you. There's a community out here that needs. They need more visits from different people. Seems like they always see the preacher or, you know, and I, I was thinking about that the other day. Brother Stoniker. You know how the mountain folk refer to him? Preacher Stoniker, that's it. I mean that preacher. You know, it's, it's old timey. Preacher Stoniker. 91 years old. Served the Lord all his life after he got out of the war. 
After he got out of the war, he began to serve the Lord. He pastored two churches in all those years. That's all he pastored was two churches. Listen, it tells me that that man was faithful. It tells me he was loyal where God placed him. You know, I believe when God puts you in a body, I don't believe that, uh, and, and you can say what you want. And, you know, I know people get mad and they, 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 they just up and they rush off. Listen, you, you know this. God placed you here. He placed you here for a reason. He put it in your heart. And when it's in your heart to come here, that's not hard to serve then. Listen, God has placed you in this place for a reason. To advance His church. This church. May God help you. May God help me. As we work together, may we be loyal to this body. May we ever be loyal to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Folks, that's what we need. Listen, today I want, you to, I want you to understand. I want you younger generation to understand. I wasn't, I wasn't picking on you. I'm just telling you the importance of, of faithfulness to the church that you're a member of. I just want you to know because I'm not going to be here always. These teachers are not going to be here always. There's coming a day when the Lord may call us home one by one. Who knows? Listen, I want to make sure there's a faithful assembly who can carry on the work. You know, you've seen, you've seen churches where pastors leave and all of a sudden the whole flock falls apart. Listen, that ain't the way it's supposed to be. You don't follow the man. You follow God, amen? Follow the Word of God. When you're doing that, listen, when the pastor's called away, you can carry on. That's what's important. The advancement of this church. Let's all stand, please. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for your free spirit in this house today. Thank you, dear God, for giving me comfort in preaching what I've preached. Lord, I know the importance of tomorrow. And Father, I pray that this younger generation understands the importance of of their own faithfulness and loyalty to this church. Father, help them to understand that there's coming a day when somebody else is going to have to take the baton. Somebody else is going to have to run in the relay. Lord, I pray that you'll cause us all to work together in love, striving for the advancement of this church. Let us ever be faithful to your word. Let us be faithful to this body. And Lord, bless our church family. 
Bless our visitors with us today. May thy name be lifted up. And Father, may this be a place. May this be a place that they are felt welcomed. Bless your body, Lord. Touch her. Help her to continue to advance through the years. Until you come and call us home, let us ever be faithful. Forgive us, Lord, our sin in Jesus Christ's name. And amen. Have our song leader and our pastor come.